Uh, Glenn decided not to show up today because he's not dedicated, doesn't care about the country, doesn't care about the show, doesn't care about you, the viewer, the listener. He doesn't care because he says he's sick. And I don't believe it, but I mean, you know, look, look we're going to launch a Mueller investigation to find out what the truth is. Um, today's uh, Spotlight sponsor is, of course, our friends at Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile, uh, if you see anything in the news and you see it being funded by these like kind of like weird groups that are going on, there's a big movement going on with Planned Parenthood right now um, where they are, they apparently have a bunch of companies on their website that aren't actually supporting Planned Parenthood, which is kind of an issue. Uh, and uh, those companies are not excited about their names being on there. Um, but one name you're never going to find on Planned Parenthood's website is Patriot Mobile. Why? Because Patriot Mobile supports pro-life causes. They support pro-constitutional, pro-Second Amendment causes. We complain about these companies and, and, and everybody, like they're taking the side of Colin Kaepernick on every issue. It's not what, what Patriot Mobile does. They care about conservative values, and they care about you having good phone service. So you get the best service. You get the service that you expect from everybody else. I mean, that's a great thing. you got to have that. But in addition, they're going to support conservative causes, and the plans are starting as low as 25 bucks a month. Why wait on this one? 1-800-A-PATRIOT. 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Use the code BLAZE or go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze, and they'll waive the activation fee. Patriotmobile.com. Why aren't you there already? They're fantastic. Go there. Check it out. Patriotmobile.com slash blaze. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Ah, you see, the arguments go down one by one, don't they? The goalposts get moved, and that's always, always vital. It's going to happen every single time. You know, it was all about collusion. There's two parts of the Mueller report yesterday. Now there's kind of one part. The collusion thing, we never really were focused on that. We're really much more focused on obstruction of justice. We'll get to all of that today. We were told that uh, Barr was going to redact too much information. And then we find out he only redacted about 10% of the report, which is much lower than most people thought. So that that uh, argument, that one's gone too. And he uh, executive privilege. They're going to use executive pri- privilege. Yeah, Trump didn't use any executive privilege on the report. Uh, all those arguments come and then they go. But there's a bunch of new ones that are popping up today. We'll get to those here in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well... Our friend Glenn Beck has decided he does not care about you. He does not care about the country, does not care about the American people. He does not care about freedom. So he's sick and he's home today. And, uh, you know, I got to say there's some bad things about that. We love Glenn, but there's some good things because that means I don't have a four hour meeting after this program where he's going to go on and on and on and on about something, something I know I'm supposed to be paying attention to. I know, uh, you know, everybody's got this, right? Everyone, you have that thing where about three o'clock in the afternoon, you've been working all day, you've been thinking hard all day, your brain's working overtime, and then you get to that point where you're just tired and you just can't go on anymore. I was a big uh, energy drink guy, and I was down in these energy drinks every day, and they're maybe not the best thing in the world for you. There's a company called Brickhouse Nutrition, and they have a great series of products, um, uh, Field of Greens we've talked to you about, we can actually get the nutrients and vegetables and fruits that you're supposed to be eating every day, and you don't have to actually eat a salad, which is great. But Dawn to Dusk is an extended-release energy supplement. It lasts up to 10 hours. It increases your energy, it improves your mood, and it improves your focus. And when Glenn is on hour three and a half droning on about something, oh yeah, that's when you when you love the Dawn to Dusk. 
Unlike coffee and energy drinks, there's no crash either. There's no jitters with it. It's great. BrickhouseGlen.com. Again, the company's Brickhouse Nutrition, and it's called Dawn to Dusk. Go to BrickhouseGlen.com. You'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code G-L-E-N-N. That spells Glen. That spells Glen. MSNBC. 833-RING-BHN is their phone number. 833-RING-BHN. Dawn to Dusk is 100% satisfaction guarantee. Or your money back. Go to BrickHouseGlen.com or call 833-RING-BHN. So the spectacle of the Mueller report uh, happened yesterday. And what a spectacle it was. Very proud of the way our nation handled this whole last couple of years. It's worked out very well. We had the big reveal with the press conference with Barr yesterday. Uh, then he put the Mueller report onto CDs. And then it was transferred to cassettes for, for the congressman to listen on their Walkman. Then uh, each congressman's individual beeper would go off. And that would indicate that the floppy disk copies were ready. And once the floppy disk copies were ready, they were uploaded via 5600 baud modem uh, via America Online to make sure they could get onto the interwebs. And finally, the technologically advanced congressman could read the entire thing on their Palm Pilots, which is pretty great. It really worked out well, and it wasn't wasn't an embarrassing procedure at all. This is an incredible kind of thing because you had two parts of this. Part one, collusion. You're not hearing much about that. There's a couple things in there that the left is trying to hang on to. There's a couple of incidents here and there where they're trying to make it seem as if there was something there. Some of it is just interesting to see what the Russians attempted to do. Some of it you can kind of see an inexperienced campaign, maybe not handling things the right way. Maybe they should have just gone to the FBI with some of these things. Whether they realized them or not, I mean, Mueller quite clearly says there was no intent to do anything wrong here. There was no intent to collude with Russians, which is, again, the title of the report, which you'd never guess. Is the title of the report, how do, we, how do we figure out if Trump screwed up? Is the title of the report, hey, you know what, you know who's awful is Donald Trump? How do we figure out how to get him out of office? Stunningly, that's not the title of the report. The report is... Report on the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. And we found that. We have a lot of examples of it. We're going to go through some of those and also some crazy historical examples of when Russia actually did do this and they were caught. Uh, And it's incredible. And they've been doing it the entire time. They spent billions and billions of dollars. I think the estimate is in 1980. So go back to the Soviet Union in 1980. They were spending $3 billion on these practices back then. I mean, there's been some inflation since then. Not to mention, uh, there's a lot, it's a lot easier to do these things now. You don't have to spend $3 billion. You can spend a lot less. But they were trying to influence the election. The Mueller report captured that very well in multiple documents. Really, the, the interesting stuff on that part of the investigation came in the indictments of the 25 Russians that came out earlier. But this turns now into a political issue because you have the collusion thing, which is pretty much dead, but you have the obstruction thing, which they're going to try to keep alive. They're going to try to get as much fuel out of this as possible. And they have this difficult line to walk as Democrats because they have this realization that they want to impeach Donald Trump very badly. 
They want to remove Donald Trump from office very badly. They realize no matter how badly they want that, they don't have enough to actually achieve it. And the reason they don't have enough to achieve it is the Mueller report quite clearly does not even think obstruction of justice rises to these levels. They didn't exonerate him, but they didn't convict him. They're in the middle there, and we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Andy McCarthy's going to be joining us uh, later, and he's he's got the uh, you know the, the 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 legal background to be able to kind of break this down for us. But basically, you know, you look at this and you say he kind of fell in the middle, and it's not a good place for the Mueller report to land. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. But the the Democrats now have to figure out politically what they're going to do with this, and you know what they want so badly if they could just get it is impeachment they and people like alexandria ocasio cortez are not going to be able to hold themselves back the problem here is you're not going to be able to get it through the senate even if you wanted to so you get you might be able to impeach trump in the house it's going to go to the senate it's going to fail in the senate it's going to become very unpopular and it's the type of thing that could derail their entire campaign there is a sect of the democratic party that understands this Right. The Nancy Pelosi's of the world, uh, you know, she's got a million flaws and she tries to cover most of them with Botox, but a lot of them still exist. And the idea that she can come out and understand the fact that this would be unpopular and probably hurt their electoral chances in 2020. She's on that bandwagon. But you have the Ilan Omars, you have the Rashida Tlaibs, you have the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you have all of them. We're going to come in here and say, I don't care if it's good electorally. I want to kill. I want to go after him anyway. Just like they wanted to kill the Amazon jobs, right? Like that's not a good position for anybody. The, the people in New York believed that this was Amazon coming to New York City was a great thing. And she try, helped kill the Amazon deal because she doesn't care about that. You know, she's in a safe district. Any, as Nancy Pelosi correctly pointed out, a cup of water could run in that district and win. So there's no risk there. What they want is impeachment badly. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to come as close to it as possible without actually doing it. This is what they want. It's like if, if, if you are told the thing you can't do is eat this box of donuts, but you really, really want this box of donuts. You know you can't have them. You know you can't eat them. But you got the giant box of donuts. There's 12 of them in there. They're perfectly glazed. You know what it looks like. When someone opens a box of the Krispy Kreme and they're just, uh, just, they just look perfect and you just want to eat all of them. And many times you do. But in this instance, you can't. So what are they going to do? They're going to get in their car. They're going to drive to Krispy Kreme. They're going to go through the drive-thru. They're going to buy the donuts. They're going to bring them back home. They're going to open the box. They're going to look longingly at this box of donuts. They're going to sniff each individual donut. They are going to lick the outside of the glaze of the donuts. They are going to nibble at the edge of the donuts just to get a little taste. They're going to shake the box And then they're going to take their finger and lick it and they're going to slide it around the bottom of the box and pick up all the excess glaze and they're going to taste the excess glaze. They're going to take a bite of the donut. They're going to chew the donut and then they're going to spit it out. 
What they want the American people to come away with here is that, number one, they absolutely could impeach this president because of the terrible things he's done. And number two, we're just, you know what? It's time for voters to decide. We're so close to the election and we have we have plenty to get him out of office, but it would be an extended process. And we know those Republicans. We know what they would say. So we're going to get really close to these donuts that we want. We might even might even get into the bathtub naked and cover ourselves in donuts. But the one thing we're not going to do is eat all the donuts. We're going to stay just outside of that area. The one thing we're not going to do is consume the donuts. And if they do decide to eat the box of donuts, in this case impeachment, that is when you know they get fat, right? This is when they, they are going to pay a price with the American people because the American people see this for what it is. If it was a criminal action, they would support uh, impeachment. If they caught Donald Trump, you know, texting and saying, you know what, Vlad, honestly, like, can you just come over here and, uh, you know, give me a flash drive. I'll plug it into the to the digital voting machine myself. We'll, 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 we'll win this election. If they had that, if they had something that convinced the American people, they the American people would come along. I mean, there were, we are pretty much in our silos here. And most people didn't are not going to change their mind because of the Mueller report. But they're really not going to change their mind because of this Mueller report because of the fact that there's nothing there that's overwhelming or, con- or convincing. We know that there is there were some actions that were taken by the Trump administration that I think in retrospect they probably would have done differently. And we, we're going to go through a lot of those today. But the way the press is handling this is just utterly insane. There's a story in the New York Times about this today. And the lines they draw and the way, the way they cover this is incredible and also exactly what you would expect. We'll get to that in 60 seconds. Sponsor here is LifeLock, a cybersecurity risk assessment company has reported that hundreds of millions of social media, uh, a giant, they have this one of these big social media companies. There's a huge story about this today with, I think it's, is it Facebook and Instagram where they were like, oh, um, the Mueller report just came out. Now's the time to tell everyone that we lost like millions of passwords. <laughs> I love that approach. Just burying the news behind the Mueller report. It's 448 pages. So it can get hidden. The data sets were exposed by third party apps who had been integrated with the social media giant. The user records also included account names, IDs, comments, likes, reactions, and check-in locations. There are so many ways. I mean, we could do these stories every single day. Uh, cyber criminals try to take what's yours and your personal information is exposed and then someone can use it to commit identity theft. Don't let that happen to you. Thank God there's LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity th- uh, threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. You don't want that happening. If there is a problem, U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can uncover threats that you might miss on your own. Join now. Get 10% off your first year by using the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Get 10% off that first year with LifeLock. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. Bum, 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 bum. So Robert Mueller releases this report and the New York Times gets to work. And this is it was interesting to see how everyone everyone covered this. Everyone jumped into like 
the mode of this is the biggest breaking news story of all time. And obviously, it's very, it's very, it's been on the top of the news cycle for a long time. I expect them to cover it. A lot of resources expended here to do this all in one day. Story comes out today that the Mueller, Mueller reveals Trump's efforts to thwart Russian inquiry in highly anticipated report. It goes through some of the basics here. Uh, Mueller laid out how his team of prosecutors wrestled with whether Trump's actions added up to criminal obstruction of justice offenses. They ultimately chose not to charge Mr. Trump, citing numerous legal and factual constraints, but pointedly declined to exonerate him uh, and suggested that it might be the role of Congress to settle the matter. I like the phrasing there. When you don't have the information to convict someone, you could say they didn't do it. You could say, look, maybe they did it, but we don't have enough evidence to show that they did it. The New York Times call it, calls it factual constraints. <laughs> factual constraints? What? <laughs> what is the... I mean, there are some parts of this that are talking about how, okay, it's the President of the United States. There are different considerations here. Obviously, he has constitutional power to do a lot of these things. And so if he has constitutional power to do them, well, I mean, is it, is it a crime? Could it be a crime? But no, they say factual constraints were one of the issues. Then they say this, and I love the wording of this. Every once in a while, one word makes the difference. You know? The difference between like and love is really significant, isn't it? I, I, I like you, honey. I love you, honey. Those are two big, different things. They make a big difference in the way you say them. And that's the case here. The report laid bare that Mr. Trump was elected with the help of a foreign power. Now, that is, that's a pretty amazing statement, isn't it? And the actual answer to uh, that question is no. It's not an amazing statement at all. Listen to it very carefully. The report laid bare that Mr. Trump was elected with the help of a foreign power. They're not saying he was elected because of the help of foreign power. They're saying he was elected with the help of a foreign power. Now, we do know that Trump posted a lot of, or the uh, Russia posted a lot of social media thing, uh, campaigns. They did obviously go after Hillary's emails. They did things believing that their interactions with the Trump administration would be better than their interactions with the Clinton administration. And they go through a lot of the details here. And this is not something that is new. It's been out there for a very long time. It wasn't exclusively to help Trump, their, their efforts, by any means. There was a lot of uh, efforts on both sides just to cause chaos. But some of the things they did, you know, theoretically could have helped Donald Trump. They're not making the case that these actions did help Donald Trump. They're saying he was elected with the help of a foreign government. It's like saying the Golden State Warriors won the NBA championship with the help of the fan in Section 342, Row W, Seat 11. Right? Like... Yeah, that guy was clapping pretty loud, but that didn't make the difference. It was Kevin Durant nailing those threes, right? It's Steph Curry pulling up on a fast break and, and making shots, and it had nothing to do with the clapping in Section 342. And there's no evidence whatsoever, and again, this goes through the, the Mueller report. There's no evidence that this had any effect on what actually occurred in the election. It's an important thing. Everyone knows this, I think. With the exception of people on the far left, I even heard, I mean, I heard James Clapper on CNN yesterday saying, the Mueller report shows that the social media outreach from uh, the Russians reached 123 million people. Like with this idea that you're supposed to say, wow, really? They've reached 123 million people. 
that's incredible. That shows that they swung the election. That is not what it shows at all. Every, every, I mean, come on. We all know this. People, people with picture, with photographic evidence, with nonstop scientific studies over multiple decades don't change their mind on social media. You think Russian propaganda changed anybody's mind on social media of who to vote for? And, and it, it had nothing to do with whether they changed anybody's mind. It has to do with whether they changed the mind of about 80,000 people in three states. And the, the answer to this is obvious. You're never going to know for sure. You're never going to be able to interview every single person and see all, their, uh, all of their uh, uh, social media interactions and go back and retrace their mind, mindset. But the bottom line is, it is very difficult to change people's mind on an election like Trump versus Clinton. There weren't a lot of undecideds there. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know what? I really believed in socialized medicine, but... Wow, this Russian bot just said. I mean, that doesn't happen. These are not things that occur. Later on in the uh, New York Times story. <laughs> it's amazing. Immediately after learning that the special counsel had been appointed to lead the Russia investigation, uh, investigation, the report said Mr. Trump became distraught and slumped in his chair. This is the most prominent piece of the Mueller report. I'm about to read you both the most prominent piece... The most widely distributed line in the entire report, and also the most leading, most misleading line in the entire report. Trump said, quote, oh my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm effed. How many times did you see that yesterday? It was the headline, and I can all but guarantee you when you read it, if you read it in the mainstream media, it stopped right there. Right after the big F-bomb, I'm effed. This is the president admitting... He did something wrong. He's caught. But that's not the context of it at all. If you read three or four sentences later in the Mueller report, it says this. The president returned to the consequences of the appointment and said, everyone tells me if you get one of these independent counsels, it ruins your presidency. It takes years and years and I won't be able to do anything. This is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Now, you may have heard that last line, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me, but did you hear the lines in between? Because they're pretty important. He wasn't saying he was effed because he was caught in this Russian scandal or that he did uh, committed all these crimes. He was saying it was going to derail his presidency because it was going to be the only thing he was going to be able to deal with the entire time. He says, I won't be able to do anything. He's not going to be able to get his agenda passed. He's not going to be able to get anything done because he's going to be constantly talking about Russia all the time and dealing with that. It had nothing to do with him admitting guilt, but that's the way the media portrayed it. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I have a recommendation for you. You should lock the front door of your home when you leave it. In fact, you should lock all the doors and all the windows. And maybe go a step further than that with Simply Safe. Simply Safe protects your home 24-7 with no hidden fees or contracts. They are the fastest growing home security company in the United States, protecting over 3 million people. Why? Because it works, because it's easy, because it's inexpensive, because if you're renting, you can use it and not, you know, not be a victim uh, because your, your landlord decides they don't want you to install something. And then you could take it to the next place you go, whether you're buying or renting. Simply Safe Home Security is wireless. Uh, you don't find these, these success stories like this anymore. Um, these guys still run it like it's a small company because they actually care. And we're talking about, what, $14.99 a month? I mean, uh, way cheaper 
than your typical security system. Visit simplysafebeck.com to get the 10% discount. It's simplysafebeck.com. They've got free shipping, free returns, uh, 10% off, the best security system, and you actually get to protect your stuff because you don't want people taking it. Lock your doors, lock your windows, get Simply Safe. These are basics. Simplysafebeck.com. We're going to come back with more, and I believe the one and only Pat Gray. You can get his podcast, of course, and watch him every day at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. It's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Glenn, of course, after the really uh, amazing mention of Glenn in the Mueller report, I mean, you know, 114 pages on interactions with Glenn Beck in Russia. Uh, I'm not surprised he got quote unquote sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not surprised at all. Uh, but thankfully, Pat Gray is here uh, mm-hmm. to to bring some real perspective to the Mueller report because we know Glenn is compromised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the report that never ends. Ah! So remember the song that never ends? Yeah. This is <laughs> this is the report that never ends. Mm. It's just never going to stop. And it's interesting to see because uh, according to the White House and Fox News, everything's fine, totally exonerated. Mm-hmm. According to CNN, <laughs> we're right back on and it's full steam ahead on prosecution of some kind, right? They uh, they they think they're on to something again. Yeah. yeah. Their take on it is basically what Mueller did is lay out all the evidence and ask Congress to go after him. Right. That's, that's the perspective that's of the left and the media right now. Yeah. Which, stunningly, I keep <clears throat> saying those things as if they're separate. Though you know, the left and the media, they I I kind of group them together because they mm-hmm. tend to have the same take every day. Mm-hmm. But the left and the media is saying that today. They're saying, okay, well, look, there's a lot of evidence here, and what Mueller wanted was Congress to go after him on obstruction because look, in the past we've seen impeachment proceedings that have been around obstruction of justice, and this makes lots of sense. Yeah, and you're right; it's never going to end. It's it's not, and I I think if he were to lose in 2020, I think they're going to because they can't prosecute him. Um, they can investigate him. They can do a lot of things. They can impeach him, mm-hmm. but they can't prosecute him while he's a president. Right. While he's president of the United States, if he were to lose in 2020, I think they go. F- I think they go after him uh, after his presidency. Yeah. And if he, you know, after 2024, I think they'll go after him. <laughs> they, I, I, they they're not just, fans. No, they're no. not. No. <laughs> it's kind of a strong statement, Stu. They're not fans. <laughs> Really not. Yeah, they're not. I think you might be right. I mean, I, what was your, I mean, where do you fall in that? Right? You're saying the president and Fox News say there's nothing. Mm-hmm. The CNN is saying it's everything that we could have wanted and more. I think there's mostly nothing. I, 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 you know, he could have done worse than he did, but he had good people around him that helped him not do worse than he did. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he was saved from himself, I think, on a few occasions. And so I think... I think it's mostly as we were told that there's obviously no collusion and there's no crime here. And so we should be moving on with our lives. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. But we're not going to because they see some opportunity for for uh, for obstruction here. And uh, I don't think they can make anything of it, but they're going to try. Well, they're going to try to, at the very least, make it a big campaign issue. Yeah, right. I mean, for sure, because you're going to have, it's going to lead them to additional investigations. Mm-hmm. It's going to many, be, many yep, additional, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's going to make it. It's going to make it into giant talking points for all 18 of these ridiculous candidates to go out there and say, and try to mm-hmm. find what place they can be at to be as far to the side of 
you know, wanting him impeached or punished or whatever. They're all going to race to to be as hard as possible against mm-hmm. Trump because that's obviously just an election ploy. Um, and I think you could we could realistically go through this and say, I wish Trump handled many of these situations differently. I wish uh, he wasn't so focused on the press and how the press would react all the time because yeah. that is, I mean, you go through this, all of the problems result from Donald Trump thinking of a particular moment in the context of how the press views it on how the American people would view it. Um, almost like it's a giant sporting event that he's trying to win every mm-hmm. day instead mm-hmm. of just, you know, doing the right thing at a particular moment. I mean, because when you see and you look in this and it happens over and over again throughout the Mueller report, when he's faced with actual legal restrictions, he answers everything honestly. Like, I, you know, th- this this happened uh, multiple times. I've got so many pieces of paper on my desk. But like one of the times he was trying to get uh, he had avoided trying to release these uh, details and papers to the press. And he tried to hide them and and, and to his, you know, people right around him who were with him advising him just get out in front of it just get out in front of it release them because it's gonna they're gonna come out anyway why not just get out in front of it and he kept trying to protect whatever press image he was trying to maintain instead of just mm-hmm. you know let the chips fall where they may i didn't do anything wrong even when he doesn't do anything wrong his instinct is to fight with the press which a lot of times is really fun <laughs> you know like, yeah. i mean it's entertaining and i know mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons he got elected but I think it's also at times like I just feel like he puts himself puts himself into these corners mm-hmm. where he doesn't mm-hmm. need to be. He's his own worst enemy at times. And again, yeah, we, we like the combative nature of him because who who battles with the media like this from the Republican side, from the right? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody fights back. Nobody uh, wins that war until donald trump and so uh we appreciate it when he fights that battle and when he gets back in their face but you know to it's to his detriment from time to time yeah uh here it, uh, here's one example this is a uh, if you're reading along at home a lot of people are keeping oh, score yeah. at home right but now with the full report in front of them yeah they have the full report in front yeah. of them so get to yeah, yeah. get to section two okay okay that's the obstruction of justice get to page 106 106 and you go to section par- par- two. paragraph three paragraph if you could pat three. just flip over okay. yeah not there no not two uh, right. uh over oh, okay. two no. all right Three? Yeah, three, paragraph three, yeah. All right. Uh, the mm-hmm. evidence has not established that the president mm-hmm. took steps to prevent mm-hmm. emails or other information about the June 9th meeting. This is the you know, the famous meeting um, from being provided uh, Trump to Tower. Con- yeah, to yeah. being from being provided to Congress or the special counsel. Series of discussions in which the president sought to limit access to the emails and prevent their public release occurred in the context of developing a press strategy. So that is a huge part of this. He did things at times to hide these emails. But he wasn't hiding them from investigators. He was hiding them from the press. And while mm-hmm. you might think, well, that's dishonest, it's also not a crime to hide things from the press. Right. You can hide anything you want right. from the press. Yeah. And you can tell the press whatever you want. You can lie to the press all you want. It's the same thing that protects the press from lying all the time, protects you from lying to the press. Mm-hmm. You can kind of tell them whatever the hell you want. Now, that might hurt you in a future criminal investigation, but you can say whatever you want to the press. The only evidence we have of, pre- of the president, this is again from the Mueller report, again, uh, page 106, Pat, uh, sub- oh, section okay, two, just, uh, paragraph three, if you could. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. The only evidence we have of the president discussing the production of documents to Congress or the special counsel is the conversation of June 29th, 2017. 
Hope Hicks recalled the president acknowledged Kushner's attorney should provide emails related to the June 9th meeting to whomever he needed to give them to. So the Mm. difference between the way he acted with the press and the way he acted in the investigation is the reason why there's no crime here. Because he he at times took evasive steps to screw with the media, to protect himself, to protect his reputation, to protect his family, to do all these things. But when it came down to the actual investigation, he's like, give him everything. He didn't redact a lot from this. Uh, Barr did not redact a lot from this. But the impression from the media you'd get was Barr was going to redact everything. Mm -hmm. They were going to use executive privilege over and over and over and over again. They didn't use it once. Amazing. These were mo- it's amazing. Pat, six months of, of them telling us this yeah. is going to happen, and it just evaporates the moment after they're wrong. We don't get the wow. We were wrong. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't uh, redact anything in here. I'm surprised. We don't get mm-hmm. those moments. It's just he's he's got to do this terrible thing. He's going to do this terrible thing. He didn't do it. Well, look about what about this other terrible thing? There's never that moment of them saying, "Okay, yeah, we're, we're sorry about that last never. six months of coverage." No, right. And and to watch CNN right now or MSNBC, they're so gleeful in this. You would think it proved everything they've been saying for the last two years. Yeah, they're they're acting as if they've now been proven right all of a sudden, when that is not the case. No, no. I mean, you know, you've seen, in fact, several examples in the Mueller report that disprove previous reporting. Uh, yeah, probably prime among them the BuzzFeed report about Michael Cohen that he Michael Cohen said. Uh, uh, he was told to lie to Congress. And remember, this is the one time the Mueller report actually stepped out and said, yeah, by the way, that's not in our report. BuzzFeed stood by that story. Here's the report. It's not in the report. (laughs) It's that clear. Um, The other one is the sex tape. Remember the dossier? That started all this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it begin kind of with the the dossier? Sort of. Seems like it was... Yeah, I mean, so the the dossier... Fueled the application of the uh, for the FISA report when right. they when they for, on right. Carter Page. It mm-hmm. wasn't the only thing in there though, and some of the things in the dossier have been shown to be right. And like for example, one of the things they brought up in the Carter Page FISA application was he traveled uh, to Russia at one point. Um, that and Trump did th- no that Carter Page Carter did, Page. and he did travel to Russia at that point. His argument is well, it wasn't to do anything. You know, I was just meeting with business people. You know, mm-hmm. but that was in the report, and that part was true. But the the, the salacious stuff that came out was these, or it was about these sex tapes, right? Mm-hmm. Where Trump during the Miss Universe thing, he's he's a billionaire, uh, and he's over there, he's running this thing with Miss Universe contestants. What's he doing? Hooking up with hookers. He's got hookers everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they're, they're doing, doing nasty, nasty things, things in a hotel room. That I guess we skipped mm-hmm. the details of on Good Friday. I think right. that's maybe yes. a good step good here. Good safety tip. Okay, mm-hmm. but this is interesting. This is a pat. If you could, uh, it's it's section two. Oh, page okay. twenty seven. Footnote one twelve. Oh, right. If you could join me there mm-hmm. for just a moment. If you're if you're scoring at home, mm-hmm. you can get this part. And who isn't? I think everybody's scoring at home. Everyone. Yeah, at I, this point. I, I did instruct right. everyone when the show began today to pull out the report and have it ready to <laughs> flip from page to page. <laughs> So this is a footnote 112, of course. Comey's briefing included the Steele uh, reporting's unverified allegation that the Russians had compromising tapes of the president involving conduct when he was a private citizen during a 2013 trip to Moscow for the Miss Universe pageant. During the 2016 presidential campaign, a similar uh, claim may have reached candidate Trump. But on October... Oh, no, I'm still on the same page. I think you just flipped oh, a page. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm still on the same page. <laughs> 
I didn't think you'd see that. I, I did. You I just did. noticed you it. Did. I was like, you why noticed. is he flipping okay. the page? Right. We're still on. We're still on page twenty-seven. Footnote one twelve. I, I thought you were. Was I losing you there or something? No, okay. no, no. I want to no. make sure. <laughs> so on October thirtieth, two thousand sixteen, Michael Cohen received a text from a Russian businessman, mm-hmm. uh, and they give the name, but it's um, nothing but T S's and K's. So I'm not going to attempt. I mean, the first four letters are R T S K. You can't put but, those four letters next no, to each other. That's not. That's. I don't know what language that is. In fact, I do. But I just don't think you should, that should be a language if you mm-hmm. attempt that. <laughs> so this Russian businessman texts Michael Cohen and says he stopped the flow of tapes from Russia, but he's not sure if there's anything else, just so you know. So that kind of indicates, wait a minute. I mean, here he is. This is mm-hmm. a guy saying there might be tapes in Russia. If you keep reading, however, it gives you detail that's pretty important. The Russian businessman said the tapes were referring to the compromising tapes of Trump rumored to be held by persons associated with Russian real estate uh, conglomerate, which had helped, uh, which had helped in, the, in the Miss Universe pageant. Cohen said he spoke to Trump about the issue after receiving the text from this Russian businessman. You have turned the page now. We're uh, yeah. on a different page. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, right. we're on now on okay. page 28, okay, continuing, good. however, the same footnote 112, <laughs> yes. if, you, if you're scoring at home. All right. So the Russian businessman sends these texts, says I've stopped these tapes. Cohen gets the message. They interview the Russian businessman. He says he t- was told the tapes were fake, but did not communicate that to Cohen. So even oh the Russians knew My that these tapes were fake. I mean, that's a pretty big deal, and I have not heard anybody mention it. But the people, mm. even the Russians, who were trying to use this for influence, even they knew they were taped, yet it's a fake, yet it still made it to our media. It was still covered by everybody here. Mm-hmm. Even for the sources... Time knew this wasn't true amazing and there it is in the Mueller report did you have any subsections you wanted to check before we get on to the next uh any footnotes what what page should i flip to uh you know what i think i'll i'll save my subsections for monday oh okay and for the big give show. people a yeah give people a chance to catch up all right uh that is the pat gray unleashed program mm-hmm. of course it airs every uh, day on the blaze tv also get the podcast anywhere you get podcasts uh it's mm-hmm. your it's a moral imperative for it you is. to subscribe to the Pat Gray Unleashed podcast. It is now federal law as it's, well to, to listen. Is it really? That was passed. Yeah. Trump, Trump signed fast. that? It, he, he did sign it. <laughs> He's federal law. Wow. Fast-tracked yeah. that one. Yeah. I see that. All right, Pat Gray, Thanks. thank you very much. All right, we're going to take a, a quick moment of a break here and talk to you about real estate agents I trust.com. Yes, real estate agents I trust.com is the place to go if you are trying to buy or sell a home for the most money. That seems like something you should pursue. The housing market is on fire all over America. Interest rates have been falling. I mean, we're on a, what, 11-year rise now in, uh, in, the, in the home market. If you're saying, thinking, you know what, I like this 11 years. We've had a nice rise here. I'd like to sell my home. If you want to buy a home uh, because you're thinking, you know what, this is where we've got a great economy going and we're going to keep going with this. Whatever your reason is, if you're moving, realestateagentsitrust.com provides a service that most people uh, don't take advantage of. Why? Because most people either see the uh, nose and eyes of a real estate agent peering up above a homeless person sleeping on a bench in their town, and they think that's the person who should represent me in a real estate transaction, or it's uh, my brother's cousin's former roommate and their dog sitter who are real estate agents, and I think I like them, so I'm going to go with them. This is your most important financial transaction you're probably going to do in your entire life, at least up until this point. And... 
that is a big deal. You should probably get some screening uh, done on these people. And that's what realestateagentsitrust.com does. They are able to go through a long list of, of different characteristics and in categories of, of proving someone really is a good real estate agent, that they get great results, that they know how to advertise your home, that they care about it. And with realestateagentsitrust.com, you're not going to get an annoying conversation praising Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on the way to, watch your, to, to view your first home. Because these are people that listen to the show, so likely they probably aren't huge fans. They choose agents with a long track rash, uh, record of performance. They are in your town, wherever you are, and they do business like you and share your values. Get moving with realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. It's Stu in for Glenn Beck, who's been indicted under the Mueller report. We'll be, uh, he'll be back hopefully on Monday. Either that or he's sick. I'm not remember. I'm not remembering which one it is exactly. But uh, we are going to have a message from Glenn coming up here in uh, a little bit. It is uh, Easter weekend, so we're going to have our traditional Easter message from Glenn, which is very cool, and I know the audience enjoys quite a bit. We'll have that coming up. I will also uh, advise you, if you would, um, we have uh, the candidate rundown. You can get at glennbeck.com. This is the thing where you go through and you. We've now ranked. We're going to be ranking them every week. Candidate uh, power rankings every week top 18 you go see him at glenbeck.com and you also have my review up right now game of thrones from the perspective of someone who's never watched game of thrones that's always interesting as well back with more in a minute thank you hillary uh if you already own a home you might know that it's time to think about refinancing uh, because if you have a if you have a home and you have a a mortgage that, even if it's fixed, honestly, you can lower that rate right now. Get into a low-rate mortgage now um, because, uh, according to new data, more than half of a, uh, a million homeowners could actually lower their mortgage rates by doing so. If you're one of them, why not do this? Rates are still on the decline, sitting at nine-month lows, and it takes just a 10-minute call to the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing to learn more. I've dealt with American Financing personally, and actually, they recommended uh, a course of action that did not benefit them. They actually you know, were saying, oh, well, man, well, maybe you should take this deal instead. And the reason was because they cared about how things came out. They didn't, they didn't have to worry about getting a commission. Uh, they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, over 2,500 Google reviews, and they never charge upfront front fees. Uh, it is AmericanFinancing.net, 1-866-750-6551. AmericanFinancing.net. It's American Financing, America's home for home loans. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Good Friday. It's Easter weekend. We have Glenn's message for Easter coming up here this hour, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, we also have more on the Mueller report. We're going to go through a couple of other pieces of it, how it's going to be seen and how it's going to go forward. And we have a special message from the news media. They're incredibly reliable. You can always depend on the media, and we'll give you a great example of that. It's coming up in just 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Do you remember the simple days way back, you know, like five years ago when you could use the same password for all of your apps and devices? And if you're in your car right now and you're thinking, um, I'm living in a time where it's five years ago and I'm using all the same passwords for my apps and devices. Remember back in the day when it was like your birth date or your mother's maiden name and that was like, that was it? Uh, and you can actually remember the passwords. Well, you can't really do that anymore. Uh, we need to secure our identity, especially with a surge in our social media usage. People can come after you. They can get your information. I got news for you. If you're using your birthday, your mother's maiden name, that's something people can get pretty easily. 
The cybersecurity risk assessment company has reported that hundreds of millions of social uh, social media users have had their passwords uh, exposed online. And once those are exposed, do they have your password to everything because we use the same password? A lot of people, that's very much true. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity thefts, uh, threats, uh, like your social security number uh, for sale on the dark web, for example. Uh, if you're not going on the dark web that often, you might not spot that. Luckily, LifeLock is going to do all the creepy work for you and make sure that they are uh, make you aware when this is going on and protect you from it. Uh, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But if you join now, you get 10% off your first year by using promo code BACK. Use the promo code BACK and save the 10%. Why wouldn't you do that if you're going to join LifeLock? And you should. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use that promo code BACK for 10% off. Now reached the period of time in which the media will teach us about what we're supposed to understand from the Mueller report. Yeah, sure, you could go read it yourself, but let's let the media direct us. And on this Easter holiday, I want to give you a little flashback, a little reminder of the quality of your news media. Listen. In consumer news, economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny's death this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some Ow. spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some of the spring out of the Easter Bunny step this uh. year. Economic factors may take the spring out of the step of the Easter Bunny. Step. <laughs> In look- consumer news, economic factors may. T- <laughs> you gotta love the person, the one person who occasionally, you know, changes up one word. Like they're just the, the scripts have been handed to them. Like I can't do that. I can't do this joke. I've got to mix it up a little bit. That's for Conan O'Brien. He does those every once in a while, and, and those are all legitimate local news stories from the same couple of days doing the exact same joke. It's amazing how that stuff happens, and he seems to find those over and over again. It's incredible. I mean, we know groupthink is a thing in the media. We know that that's true. Um, but how does the Mueller report actually affect? the political situation that we're looking at right now, because we can all sit here and, and look at this and say, well, I think he's guilty and I think he's innocent. But the bigger question is how does this play on a wider scale? There's basically three groups of people here. You've got people who, who love Donald Trump and aren't going to change their mind no matter what. I mean, you could, the Mueller report could say, we interviewed Melania Trump. Melania said that Trump and Putin held puppy clubbing parties on alternate Thursdays for the past three years. 
She actually was there at them. She saw them. She witnessed them. And she videoed them. So here's the video. And you can see Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump clubbing puppies over and over again. We have it right there. In fact, Melania said in the middle of the interview, she interrupted and she said, you know what? One's going on right now in the Oval Office. And she walked the interviewer down the hall into the Oval Office. And Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin were wearing diapers and clubbing puppies. I don't know where the diapers thing came in. It just seemed like that was going to be part of it. If that was in there, and Melania then went on TV and said, yes, I said those things, and here's the video I'm showing you right now, there is a percentage of the population that would be like, ah, you know what, I think Trump didn't do that. I, I don't think there's any evidence, and uh, it's a hoax. Right? There is that part of the population. I doubt that's you as a listener. Um, but there's the other side of this, and you know that this is true as well. If the Mueller report said that we found there was absolutely no collusion whatsoever. In fact, there was no contact between the Trump administration and the Russians. And by the way, Trump has no knowledge of the country of Russia. He's never heard of it. We quizzed him over and over again. We were able to get into the genetics of his mind. And we were able to see the electrical pulses and realize through an MRI that he has no knowledge of the country in Russia. In fact, incredibly, Donald Trump has never seen Rocky IV. He has no knowledge of Ivan Drago. He has no knowledge of the entire plot line. In fact, he was personally responsible, and we did not know this until the Mueller report, he was personally responsible for tearing down the Berlin Wall. That's how against the Soviet Union and Russia that Donald Trump is. There is a percentage of this population that would still say, you know what, he's guilty. I know he's guilty of collusion. I know it. There's plenty of people on Twitter you're going to find that have blue check marks next to that name that find, fall into that category. And then there's this other category, and I feel like a lot of times we think that these people don't exist. They are widely represented in this audience, which are people who actually wanted to see what the truth was on something like this. They certainly, and as, as I do, uh, suspect that there are political sort of motivations behind a lot of this to try to get out a Republican president. But if Donald Trump really did do something wrong, I would want to know about it. And I know the audience would want to know about it. I know you'd want to know about it. You're driving to your car. You're trying to do your job. You're, you're, you're trying to make a living. The economy's good. You like a lot of things that are going on right now. But if the president of the United States really was engaging in this sort of behavior, you'd want to know about it. And that, those people are not, they're, they're the pers- persuadables at some level. Even if you have a leaning, you're at least persuadable. You're open to hearing the facts. You're, opening, you're open to call balls and strikes. You know, there's a, uh, right now, Donald Trump, 51% of the American people approve of Donald Trump's handling of the economy. And you could say you think that should be higher. You can say you think that should be lower. But Donald Trump, if you look at the way he's portrayed on media, you, you, on the media, you'd say, no way, he's got a positive portrayal there. But people realize that the economy is good. Those same people, when asked, because uh, I think it's, he's plus eight on the economy, he's minus 15 on tariffs. The same people, the same questions, they asked them, hey, do you approve of him on the economy? Yes. Do you approve of the way he's handled tariffs and, and, and the trade war? No. There's a chunk there. What is it? 10, 15, 20% in the middle. Not in the middle politically, but in the middle of, 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 of engaging, of engagement, right? People who are there reading this stuff every day and actually care and can say their side does things wrong sometimes. And the other side does things wrong sometimes. And I want to know what the truth is. And those people actually do exist. And that is the question as, as to how this is going to be handled. 
you look at this report, and, and of course the media is going to blow it out of proportion and be crazy. We know that's going to happen, and they are doing that. Um, but when you look at the obstruction section, which is section two, if you're scoring at home, if you flip to page 147, one thing you'll notice is all of the problems that Trump could have out of this. First of all, they're not criminal. They're not. There are some uh, nuanced explanations as to why they're not. There are things you'll hear in the media, people saying, well, he would have been convicted if, well, if didn't happen, if isn't reality. We are in reality. He's not convicted of these things. He didn't, he did not do anything that rose to the level of, uh, of Mueller recommending, not even convicting him, but recommending that people go after him. He didn't do that. But not everything there is wonderful. And all the problems that Trump has there are largely self-created. And they all flow from the same issue. The issues that have Trump's problems kind of associated with them, they constantly surround Trump's, I'd say, unfortunate and unnecessary view that the press issue of the day is his highest priority. And there are more important things than that. And I swear that if Trump was instead focusing on things he could get done and, and, and things that, uh, that could actually improve his own standing when it comes to policy, rather than whatever the, the media is saying about him on a given day, things would not only be better for the country, but better for him. In a way, it allows the media to control his narrative. And one of the things we like about Trump, I think, as people who are friendly to conservatism generally... One of the things, one of the reasons he got elected was because he's fighting back. People like that he's fighting back. And that is, generally speaking, I think a good instinct. You don't want someone who's going to sit there and get his, kick, his teeth kicked in over and over and over again. But there's a limit here to this. And, you know, there's been so much fighting about the Mueller report all of this time. It honestly could have been avoided all of this time until we actually got the information. Well, now we have the report. We can talk about it or whatever. We can go down those roads if we must. But Trump loves that. He loves fighting with the press. And he views it as a day-to-day sport. It's the slog of summer baseball. Every day there's a new game. Every day you got to worry about what the result of that game is. And every day, Trump, I think unfortunately, makes choices based on what wins that day instead of what long-term. He, there are times in here where he is, I mean, blatantly caught saying things that are untrue. However... Over and over and over and over again, when asked to comply with investigators, he tells the truth. He turns over the documents. He acts accordingly uh, as, to any, as to how he should. But he treats the media and the general narrative as a completely different animal. He'll say whatever he has to do to get through the day uh, to the media. And that instinct, at times, works. Like It, it serves him well. Uh, I don't like it, but at times it does work. At other times, this sort of stuff happens. And so now you have situations where because he was uh, he did things that that were that helped him get through the day of media, it winds up burning him later. And now he's got to deal with this because this is never going to end. Again, in the Mueller report, it over and over says when faced with like as far as turning over to uh, documents to Congress. He complied to those things. He didn't use executive privilege in an excessive way. They didn't redact too much of the report. They didn't do all the things that were predicted that he was going to do. 
But instead of just coming out, and, and he's advised over and over again by people close to him. And I'll give you a good example. The, the letter uh, that, or the statement from Donald Trump Jr. that Donald Trump kind of helped craft about the, the meeting in uh, Trump Tower. He was advised by people close to him, very smart people who come off great in these reports and has, still have very good relationships with Donald Trump. Uh, you know, people very close to him, uh, like Hope Hicks and, and others. Just get out in front of this. Like, these, this email is going to come out. Release it. Just release it. You get out in front of it. You control this. Just come out and be honest about it. Look, we, we, someone said they might have some things that might help us in the election. We didn't know who they were. They came into the office. They didn't have anything. It was over. It was nothing. Instead, they tried to manipulate it to make it sound like it was primarily, in fact, the, the initial wording was it was about a, adoption, which was only a small part of the meeting. And then they wind up getting in trouble for it later, and that trouble was unnecessary. It didn't, it didn't help them, and in the long term, it winds up hurting. And so I think that instinct is something that the president, because he loves that media battle so much, gets caught up in. It's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's an emotional thing, and it's, it's honestly understandable. I mean, Barr listed those ex- the sort of explanations for some of this behavior. He said he was in the middle of an unprecedented situation. He was under mass news media examination. He was frustrated. He was angry. He was annoyed at the illegal leaks, and he had non-corrupt motives in all of these things. And I think all of those are completely true, and I think all of us would be in the same situation all of those same emotions would hit us. But, you, you know, you, there were people around him that stopped some of this. And in other places, he stopped himself. And in those circumstances, he's much better off. The ones where he just let himself get it, go with it and just fire away, at times the problems were caused there. We're going to go into a little bit more here in just a second. Take a 60-second break. Jason Buttrell is going to be joining us with some more updates. First, I want to tell you about Dawn to Dusk. If you're going through, let's just say... You have a day in which you have to read a 448-paged Mueller report. (laughs) Let's just say uh, you have to get through hundreds and hundreds of footnotes because you can't skip the footnotes. That's where a lot of the good stuff hides. If you're in that world, you need Dawn to Dusk. Uh, I know I am. Brickhouse Nutrition is the company that makes Dawn to Dusk. They also make Field of Greens. We told you about before. It's another great product. If you go to Brickhouse Nutrition and and you get Dawn to Dusk, you're going to find... A great product because it's an extended release energy supplement which lasts up to 10 hours. It increases energy. It improves your mood and focus. And unlike coffee or energy drinks, there is no crash. Brickhouse Nutrition has helped me kick the energy drink habit, which is kind of nice and I'm very appreciative of. Go to BrickhouseGlenn.com. Get 15% off your first uh, order with the offer code Glenn, G-L-E-N-N. Or call 833-RING-BHN for Brickhouse Nutrition. Dawn to Dusk is a 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Go to BrickHouseGlenn.com or call 833-RING-BHM. Take a 10-second break for station ID. Jason Buttrell, he got stuck with the 448 pages of the Mueller report. <laughs> so we, there's been some big things. I think you were the first person I heard talk about the context of the biggest quote that was involved and, and has been proliferated from the Mueller report. I think we should hit that again, because that's a huge one. Everyone's seeing this on social media. Give me this context. That was the, I think that was the only media reaction that I saw the entire day. Yeah. Because when it came out, I was on with you, mm-hmm. and then it came out, and I just ran out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, 
huffing and puffing to try and start reading on this bad boy. Yeah, you should probably jog a little bit more just to get in shape. Right, mm-hmm. I know, mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like I, I really quickly with it, like I don't know, I was like in 200 pages deep into this bad boy and I was like, I was really quick, I'm going to check the Twitter reaction and that was the first quote that I saw. It was everywhere. Everywhere. And it still is everywhere and it's, it's constantly in headlines without the context. Yeah, and so if you actually, re- like, so if you read that one line, and you're like, okay, it sounds like he's saying crap i'm guilty yeah here it is the line oh my god this is terrible this is the end of my presidency i'm effed and you might also have heard this this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in between those two lines however belies i think the real meaning of what he was talking about yeah and so he follows up with that if you read like you said a couple lines later everyone tells me if you get one of these independent councils it ruins your presidency it takes years and years, and I won't be able to do anything. He was worried about his agenda. Mm-hmm. That's what he was worried about. And his presidency. Like, I, I want to get some things done. So if you read the entire context, he actually looks like he's incredibly innocent on this. Yeah. He's, he's not, not worried he, about collusion. He's yeah. not worried about the Russians. He's, he's not, worried about his agenda. He's not saying Mueller's going to find him having the, the puppy clubbing party with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> he's worried about, I'm not going to be able to you know, get rid of Obamacare. I'm not going to be ready to stop the stuff at the border. He he knows that an independent council can derail a presidency. And that's what he was saying when he was saying, this is the end of my presidency. I'm effed. Yeah. He knew he was going to be having to deal with this for a couple of years. And you got to say, pretty prescient on that one. Right. And But that really, I mean, the more and more you read this, even if you go through a lot of the obstruction uh, cases, that was pretty much what I found. Is every time like the so the special counsel was looking at I thought it was kind of funny they were like this is one of the hardest basically they're in so many words this is one of the hardest obstruction cases we've ever had to investigate mm. and the, their direct quote was action and intent make it difficult to say the least <laughs> because every time he would do something they were like well it could be because he wants to impede the election but then he would say this to somebody else. So the actions and what you know the reasoning behind it the intent never never matched up. Mm-hmm. And but again, that's not really something that, you know, we're reading from, you know, depending on where you get your news, you know, yeah, you're from. not getting that from the media at all. Yeah, you're, you're just getting because, oh, well, like, what's the what's the big thing now is like, oh, well, you know, happy people, you know, don't react this way, you know, or <laughs> what, what this is. It's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. Uh, the media. And I heard this this morning. It's seven of the 10 things that they talk about that were problematic that that Mueller doesn't even say hit the three parts of obstruction of justice that you need to hit. There are three different hurdles you need to clear. And uh, seven of the 10 did not clear did not clear those hurdles. The other three they leave open. Right. So we're talking about a very small, you know, it's the McGann firing was one of them. There's a couple of them there. And that one was kind of interesting, too, because there is this <laughs> that one is interesting in that like Trump for a guy who is most famous for saying you're fired, or at least was before he was president, he's probably most famous for being president now, but he's most famous for saying you're fired, right? That was his gig. And he is not a confrontational guy. He does not like firing people himself. So he keeps trying to call other people to get people fired, and those people kept just not doing it. Right. I mean, it's, it's an amazing uh, picture of what goes on behind the scenes of, of a White House. Yeah, and it's, kinda, it's to the credit of the people around him, actually, at the time, that were like, whoa, you can't do this. And, and this is very, very characteristic of you know, someone that's, that is an outsider, you know, that doesn't really know how yeah. things work. He's just going off of kind of like how you know, the appearance of it. I, I loved the one, actually, where he called in Lewandowski uh, to kind of change the scope of everything. 
And then Lewandowski's like, I ain't going to do this. So yeah. he just like pawns it off on uh, on Brick Dearborn. And Dorn's like, I don't want you to do it. I ain't doing this. And so eventually they both decided just to not do anything, and so, which, which worked out in the, the president's favor. There you it's go. kind of amazing. <laughs> All right, Jason Buttrell, thank you very much. We have uh, the Easter weekend special from Glenn Beck that you've heard. We play it every year. It's Glenn's message for Easter. That's going to be coming up in just a couple of minutes here on the Glenn Beck program. It's Stu in for Glenn. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Attention gun owners, this is your last chance to win a gun that has revolutionized the firearms world. And the USCCA is giving you 19 chances to win this very special gun. USCCA is the United States Concealed Carry Association. It's a 100% American-based organization that's dedicated to bringing you industry-leading education, training, and legal protection. Very important if you're a firearm owner. You never know uh, what situation is going to come uh, come at you. So which gun are you winning? Here are the hints. It's a high-tech polymer frame that makes it lightweight and comfortable to conceal. It's highly customizable and renowned for being durable, rugged, and reliable, even in the most extreme environments. And with its 15 plus one round capacity, this gun will never leave you high and dry at the range or in a self-defense situation. You want to see the beautiful gun for yourself? Simply text Beck to the number 87222. Right now, they're going to reveal the gun to you and instantly lock in your 19 free chances to win. It's Beck, and you text that to the number 87222. Simple, quick, and 100% free. Giveaway ends today. So you got to do it today. The word is Beck, of course, to 87222 right now for the official rules and lock in your 19 entries before it's too late. It's the USCCA. Coming back on the other side with the Easter message from one and only Glenn Beck. In just a moment, you can always subscribe at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Good Friday. Today, we're going on a journey. They say that time itself does not exist as we know it. As we understand it. It only really exists as something called space-time. It's really only a point on a giant map. Something that we can use to find out where we are, where we've been, or where we're going. So let's unfold space-time and trace our way back. First, maybe just a couple of years. Tonight... I can report to the American people and to the, the world. United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden, leader of Al-Qaeda. On my orders, the United States military has begun strike against Al-Qaeda terrorist training camps. The people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Now back even further. Princess Diana died in I did not have this vast right-wing conspiracy. Now he is O.J. Simpson. He is armed with a gun. Mr. Gorbachev tears down Elvis Presley died today. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. Because of what has happened in Munich during the past 48 hours, or nine terrified living human beings are being held prisoner. A second shot, the third total shot, hit the president's head. Dr. Martin Luther King has been shot to death in Memphis. A short time ago, an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Allied naval forces, supported by strong air forces, began landing Allied armies this morning on the northern coast of France. December 7th, 
Back farther still, even before Marconi, when the air was silent. Back past the signing of the Declaration of Independence, past the Age of Enlightenment, before Martin Luther hung his protest on the church doors, before Columbus rediscovered the fact that the world was round. We go past Newton, Galileo, the Dark Ages, the Crusades, back to a time before books, when most of the world couldn't read nor write, and history was oral. We leave this world now, where we can hear and see a lone protester standing in front of a tank in a country on the other side of the planet, and we can see it live. To a world seemingly simple, yet brutal beyond our understanding, where news was spread from mouth to mouth. We stop here, at approximately 29 of the Common Era. We stop at a small walled city in the Middle East. It's around 10 o'clock at night, just a couple of days before Passover. The meals are being prepared, the night's meal had already been eaten, and most in the city are asleep. One man, however, is not. It's strange. He's younger than I am. He's about 30. He's awake and alone in a garden. His friends, who have been with him for several years, are just a few yards away. They slumber underneath the star-filled sky. They still don't know that even though they sleep, the world is about to wake. Eleven of twelve men sleep beside a hill. One man awake. He couldn't sleep, for he knew. He was in a garden in prayer, praying so hard about what he knew was about to come, praying so hard that blood actually dripped from his pores in the place of sweat. Back at the hill, when he returned, he begged his friends to wake and pray with him. They didn't know how serious his request really was. They had no idea what was just to come. He pleaded with his friends, why will you not rise and pray with me? He asked this again before returning to the garden alone. He knelt there on rocky soil, his hands clasped, his head bowed. Twilight dew draped his neck, the horizon still in black. He prayed. He prayed even harder, for the sky would eventually turn purple, then light blue. And he knew what awaited him. Back to the hill once more, his friends asleep. He begged his friends, Rise, rise and pray with me. I need you now more than ever. They said they would, but shortly after he left, they fell asleep again. The dawn was even closer, and he knew his time was running out. Now over the hill, they marched like flowing lava burning in the night's solace. The eleven are surely awake now. They have sworn their faith to him, but he knows, he knew this wasn't true. They'll weaken and he'll be forsaken, 
forsaken by the same men who just swore their undying devotion. The torchlights grow brighter, the hourglass running low, the clanging of the metal swords and spears, the sound and the vibration of the march deep down from their feet to their spine, creating a shallow vibration, leaving them quivering. The soldiers approach. The one is grabbed and kissed. Betrayed with a kiss. A kiss wearing the mask of loyalty. One of the men leap forward, draws his sword, cutting the ear off one of the soldiers. He raises his hand. No. Peace. Take me now in peace. For this is my purpose. This is my being. This is the reason I came. Now, one of them, Peter, strays. While his friend is being persecuted for crimes he didn't commit, he stands by a fire, denying any relationship he has as he tries to blend in with the common people. A woman approaches. Didn't I see you with him? Peter says, Surely I don't know him, but you're from Galilee. For the third time, Peter says, I do not know this man. Now Jesus is pulled back and forth between the two who will determine his fate. They can't see any crime, but they still question, scourge, and mock him. Aren't you the king? Silence. Then here is your crown, says one as they give him a crown of thorns and press it into his head. He stands before the judge, who could condemn him for no crime, but it is Passover. He says to the crowd, You, you can choose. One I will release. Him as the king of the Jews, or... Jesus, standing silent, his eyes to the ground, is condemned to death. Jesus now carries his cross through the stone-clad streets to the place known as the Skull, the place where he will soon die. His back torn, his head bleeding beneath his thorny crown. The women cry out loud as he passes. He pauses for a moment and comforts them. Do not weep for me. Rather, weep for yourselves. His mother looks on as huge nails are driven through his hands and his feet. They raise the cross and slam it into the ground. It is at this point that all four writers of the gospel struggled with a description of the crucifixion, as I have. They described with the only words that I could use. And they crucified him. He now hung on the cross as the soldiers bid lots on his clothing below. Next to him, two criminals hang, but they are simply tied to the cross. One of them says, You're the son of God. Save us now. Save all of us. The man in the middle does nothing, for he had a purpose. The afternoon passes. His skin stretched. He wept. He begged for water, and they gave him a sponge on a reed filled with vinegar. 
in a moment where he showed us that he was truly human, he cried out and said, My father, my father, why have you forsaken me? The sky began to grow dark. It was approaching three o'clock on a Friday afternoon when Jesus, the carpenter from Nazareth, spoke once more and only once. His last words, it is finished. So today, people all over the world do as I do now. I thank that lone carpenter for dying, dying on that Friday afternoon, so I may live. That's available up at uh, glenbeck.com, and it will be at least later today. It is uh, Glenn's Easter weekend message. It's a Good Friday message. We played it every year for a million years, and uh, always one of the most highly requested things we do every year. You can get it at glenbeck.com uh, today. Our sponsor this half hour is FilterBuy. Uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, uh, but they do have uh, everything is like capitalism works well, doesn't it? You know, you have these things that you know, are difficult to do. And you don't want to do them like changing your air filters. And capitalism comes up with a solution. That's that's filter by. They've come up with a solution to this problem because they just send you the filters that are exact fit for your air conditioner every single time you need them. And then you just put them in when they show up. If you're dealing with all of the, the real allergy issues going on right now, you need to make sure you, you change your air filters. It's something that I'm not good at remembering, but thank God filter by is here to do it for me. They have over 600 sizes, 100% made in the USA, and you can even have custom filters made in case your system is less common. Plus, your filters ship free within 24 hours. This is so much easier than having to go to Home Depot or Lowe's to get it all done and try to find the best one, and then they're out of it, and you got to order it and remember to go back. It's just a hassle. Why deal with it? Filterby.com does this for you. It's filterbuy.com. Tell them that Glenn sent you. It's the Glenn Beck program. Stu in for Glenn, who's been indicted under the Mueller report. We'll get to that, of course, on Monday. Uh, but I want to tell you, I saw Breakthrough last night, that movie. It's out this weekend in theaters. It's a great, like, uplifting uh, spiritual movie to see on Easter weekend. I definitely recommend it. Uh, and it's one of these, now they have, like, you know, it's a Christian sort of movie. It's definitely a faith movie. Uh, and, but it has actual, like, actors and actresses you recognize, which is, is not not easy to do. Uh, we actually talked to uh, one of the pe- the real people behind this. This is a story about a kid, 14 years old, falls through ice in the in the winter at, in a pond and stays underwater for a long time. And it was out of, without a pulse for a long time. And we talked to the real kid who, spoiler alert, is alive. Um, it's kind of the point of the movie. We talked to him. His name is John Smith and his pastor uh, just a couple of week- weekends uh, ago. Listen to this. I remember, you know, like what... The ice kind of breaking. I remember that. And, you know, the screams, you know, fighting, you call 911. I don't want to die. Call 911. And then, you know, the water, you know, the, like the water line, you know, seeing above and below how dirty and brown and green and murky that water was. You know, it was like getting in a fight with a tiger. You know, the ice just piercing your skin. I still have scars to this day. So I do remember a very, very good chunk of it. We also pray that he wouldn't remember because it was so traumatic. 
And so that's one thing he talks about when he was, because people always ask us, did you go to heaven and, you know, whatever. And we had prayed that he wouldn't remember it because it was so traumatic. I, like, I have the 911 calls on my laptop, and, I mean, I can barely listen to them. I mean, they're just so intense. And we felt like what God said is it's not about one person experiencing me. It's about every person that comes in contact with this story experiencing me. And so that's why we feel like God did it that way. So you were, were you, how long were you underwater? I was underwater for 15 minutes and without a pulse for additional 45. So a little over an hour without a pulse. And so you're there and in the movie, at least the fireman that is responding. Yes. He goes underneath the water and he can't find you. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, he says later in the movie that, uh, you know, he heard a voice say, go back mm-hmm. down one more time. Is that true? Yes. 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 Tell me about him. Tell me about what happened. So his name is Tommy Shine. He's part of the Winsville Fire Department back home in St. Louis, Missouri. And, you know, they, they took, uh, he got the call, and they said when he got the call, he sprinted as soon as the truck stopped. Like the, stuck, the truck hadn't even stopped, and he was running to, to the scene. And mm-hmm. he gets out in the water, and he has a pike pole, which a pike pole is a long pole with a big hook at the end, used to tear drywall down in a fire. And by now, I'd been underwater for like three minutes. So it's crucial now. He's timing it. I mean, it's do or die. They actually called the dive team in if, if he couldn't have found me because I was laying on a cliff. Um, I was on a rocky bottom that was 10 feet deep. If I would have went a little bit, maybe an inch over, I would have fallen into where it was 20, you know, to 25 feet deep with a muddy bottom. So I'm right on the edge of, you know, this cliff. And so he gets in the water and he's looking for me and he has this pipe pull and it's, it's do or die. And he hears a voice, you know, and, and real, uh, in, in the movie, it says go back. But what he's told us is go two feet to the left. And yeah. he does, you know, he's checking. He just sticks it down. He's like, I got to do something. So he sticks it down. He's like, it could be a tire. It could be my boot, but he realizes it can't be his boot because it's too deep. So he pulls something up. He knows it's heavy, but he doesn't know what it is. And it's me. He found me. Right at the last minute. I mean, amazing. literally we're, we're, uh, one short minute on time here so we can uh, drop the clip. But it, it is, uh, it's an amazing story. It really is a miracle. It really is. And it's also a miracle they found a child actor who could actually act in one of these movies. I mean, they couldn't even do that for Star Wars episodes. I mean, the kid's playing basketball. It looks like he's actually played basketball before. It's incredible. Uh, check it out this weekend. It's Breakthrough in theaters everywhere. I want to tell you about our spotlight sponsor. It's Relief Factor. Relief Factor, of course, created by doctors. So, you know, they, uh, they didn't just make this stuff up. They got, uh, it's 100% drug-free, and it's got four key ingredients that uh, help your body's fight against inflammation. This is the big issue that leads to pain for people on a regular basis. Glenn had this issue, uh, and he you know, continues to struggle sometimes with it. And when he needs to, uh, when he needs to turn things back, you know, he's got Relief Factor there for him. In fact, he uses Relief Factor every day. Uh, three-week quick start is only nineteen ninety-five, and he was really struggling with pain. I know uh, as I get to a certain age here that I'm getting to, uh, with small kids running around all day, uh, you know, sometimes you step the wrong way, your knees hurt, things hurt, things that you didn't even know you had hurt, which is kind of strange. 70% of people who order the three-week quick start go on to order more because Relief Factor works for them. Will it work for you? Give it a shot. If you want a drug-free and natural way to ease your pain, go to relieffactor.com. It's relieffactor.com. Back in a second. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you're like me and you're reading their Mueller report and you're trying to get through it and you're not a lawyer, you may... 
You may not understand all of it. We have a, a we decided to bring on someone who is actually smart to help us decipher what actually was in the Mueller report, what it means, what's going to happen next, and maybe the biggest mistake or the, uh, the I don't know the the biggest incorrect direction i guess is the way i would say it It was the wrong focus and the wrong outcome from the Mueller report and andy mccarthy uh he's from uh, national review and the new york post read a great column on this we're gonna get to him in just a second uh, right after uh, this quick 60 second break this is the glenn beck program as the country gets more and more divided with uh, screams for socialism I mean, what is going on on the rise? Uh, people are securing their homes, and over three million of them have chosen Simply Safe. Simply Safe is a great solution because if you are one of the, I think it's only sixteen percent of people actually have alarms on their homes, which is an incredibly low number. And of course, if you're a burglar, you love the fact that it's a low number because you have eighty-four percent of homes to go through with really no risk of uh, alerting police. And when no one's home, hey, you got kind of free run of the place. Uh, Simply Safe protects your home 24/7 with no hidden fees or contracts, and only 14.99 a month for monitoring. Uh, they were started by a young guy who was just trying to help his friends uh, who rented apartments, and that's one of the best things. I, my sister-in-law uh, was renting a house and wanted a security system. She can't install one; she's renting, and so she got Simply Safe. She's able to protect herself, protect her family. To uh, to my two little, I uh, uh, got a niece and a nephew. Got to get them protected. And so they get protected. And then when they move to a new house, they were able to bring the system with them. This is a great way to go, especially if uh, if you have this same situation where you have a relative or something who is uh, renting. It's a great, great gift as well. Uh, with just a few clicks, uh, you'll see how good it feels to fear less with Simply Safe. If you visit simplysafebeck.com, you can get a 10% discount. That's simplysafebeck.com. It's free shipping, free returns, and 10% off simplysafebeck.com. All right, Andy McCarthy joins us. Uh, he's from National Review, also writing for the New York Post uh, on a really interesting column. Uh, Andy, welcome to the program. Stu, great to be with you. How are you? Really well, really well. Um, you had an interesting perspective here, and I think it's different than than everyone else I've read so far on this case. So far, let's start. Let's kind of start at the beginning before we get into the 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 specifics of the legal case here. Right. Kind of the two positions you see thrown about is basically the Mueller report came out and it proves he did everything wrong. And the Mueller report came out and it proves that Trump did nothing wrong. So <laughs> right off the right off the start, where do you fall in that uh, little little range? Well, maybe it's because I was a prosecutor for a long time. Um, I think that it's always a mistake when we read. Uh, either <clears throat> like a social phenomenon or a political phenomenon uh, as a legal problem to be resolved by a prosecutor. Because if that's what you're going to impose on, a prosecutor has basically one of two decisions to make. There's either enough evidence to charge or there's not. Mm-hmm. And when you decide that there's not, that doesn't mean that somebody's been exonerated. It might. You know, sometimes you do an investigation and you find not only that the person you were investigating didn't do it, but that somebody else did. So you know to a certainty that the person is not guilty, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's other times when you don't charge because you know in your bones that the guy did it, but you just can't prove it. You don't have enough evidence. 
So you never prosecutors, unlike Mueller's report, which I regard in this in this way as as more of a uh, a spin document than you know a prosecutor's document. Prosecutors never say things like we won't exonerate him or we don't exonerate him. You either charge or you don't charge, and everything else is gray area. So. I wouldn't run with a prosecutor saying I didn't find enough evidence to indict. I wouldn't run from that and say I've been exonerated. Um, And when you look at what's in the reports, Stu, I don't know. You know, a lot of that is pretty unsavory behavior. Now, none of it's been proved. And it's really against the normal protocols of the Justice Department and prosecutors' offices at every level to publish the information about somebody that you don't charge because the rule of the road is if the government's going to charge someone or the government's going to accuse someone of wrongdoing, you have to do it formally so that the person then has the full array of protections that you get under the Constitution to defend yourself. Uh, So when the prosecutor goes out and says, here's all the terrible things I know that he did, oh, and by the way, we're not going to charge him, you've really (laughs) smeared the person and not given them any opportunity to defend themselves. And that's not normally what's done. It was done here. I guess politically, this report had to come out because there was no alternative. But I don't think it, you know, I think if you're, if you're Trump, you want to say thank you and move on. I wouldn't be running around saying I've been exonerated because there's some icky stuff in there. Yeah, and you get into some of that in your column for the New York Post. It's uh, titled Mueller completely dropped the ball with the obstruction punt. And I want to get into how he dropped the ball. Um, you mentioned his uh, Trump's interactions, first of all, on the negative side with uh, things like the McGahn uh, situation where he, tra- yeah. he tried to get him fired and then even went beyond that to try to convince him to lie about that he had to- called him uh, to, to fire. He tried, uh, to get, he tried to get Mueller fired. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You have that. but And you also have some, uh, some interesting uh, perspective on the other side of this because – and I think this is go- ties to the most prominent thing that's come out of this as far as the media goes, which is this statement that Trump makes at one point where he says, this is the end of my presidency, I'm effed now that there's a, a council. Right. And you point out that the president's frustration wasn't over fear of guilt. Uh, that is a really important part of this. And I feel like most people have completely ignored it. In fact, cutting that out of the quote uh, that has been proliferated so widely. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's funny with obstruction cases. You hear a lot um, in the in the commentary that uh, if you have an obstruction, that you you can't have an obstruction case unless there's an underlying crime, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've heard that again and again for the last few days, and that's uh, you know, with due respect to some of the people peddling that, it's just wrong. You know, the classic example is. Uh, Bill Clinton, right? He didn't he didn't lie about what went on in the Oval Office because it was a crime. He lied about it because it would have been embarrassing and politically devastating for it to come out, right? right so right. so people lie for all kinds of reasons, but in certain factual contexts it is true that if there's no underlying crime then there doesn't really make much sense for why you would want to obstruct the investigation. And this, I think, was one of those situations. And and what Trump was concerned about here uh, was not that he would be found to be involved in a in an espionage conspiracy with Russia involving hacking of Democratic email accounts. I think he was obviously pretty confident that that hadn't happened. 
but he was concerned about being portrayed as an agent of the Kremlin and about the fact that, you know, when you have a president who's under a cloud of suspicion, it becomes very hard to govern. It becomes hard to recruit good people into the government. Who wants to go work for an administration? You're going to have to lawyer up the next week. You know, it's pretty expensive uh, stuff. So he's he's compromised in trying to assemble administration. He's compromised in dealing with Congress, foreign governments, you know, you, you name it. And it's very frustrating. And, and we all know, I mean, the Lawrence Walsh investigation, that thing went on for about eight years, you know. So we didn't know when this started that Mueller, I think, to his credit, was going to wrap it up in 22 months. It, 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 this, and I don't know that, because I mean, a lot of people, first of all, have been complaining that it was too long. I mean, that's, it's, not, it's not long for one of these investigations, is it? I mean, these, right. these special counsel, special uh, uh, prosecutor sort of investigations go on a lot longer than this sometimes. Yeah, you know what it is, though, Stu? It's, while it's going on, it always seems longer, yeah. and it's more vicious now than it ever was before. I mean, the, you know, the stuff that gets said, I, you know, I have to say, I, I've been a prosecutor. I was a prosecutor for 20 years, uh, beginning in the 80s, and, you know, the media was, a, there was a certain tenor in the media, and there was a certain tenor in public discourse, and it can get, it could get nasty, but I you know, I never have witnessed it as sort of cavalierly vicious as it is now. And I think the result of that is everything seems like it takes longer because you just want it to be over. <laughs> everything seems like it takes longer than, than it actually does. So as you as you compare Mueller's investigation to other independent counsel investigations, uh, I, I think he wrapped it up pretty quickly. I still think he should have, since it was, it had to have been clear to him, I think, by probably autumn of 2017, that there was no collusion case. Mm-hmm. And I think he would have gotten a lot less bad behavior from Trump if they had just put out an interim report at the end of 2017 and said, you know, look, this Steele dossier, we've looked at it, we can't corroborate it. We don't really have anything else that indicates there's this dark conspiracy. So we're going to let you know that the president is not a suspect in a collusion conspiracy case with Russia, but we're going to continue to investigate Russia's interference in the election. I think he would have gotten a lot less bad behavior Hmm. from Trump. That's not to say that Trump has any excuse for behaving badly, but, you know, I think you would have given him less of a motive to be a jerk. Yeah, and probably a lot more goodwill from the American people, too. I think that it wound up dragging on to most people for so long, and, and it wound up, I think, just frustrating people. I know that when this thing came out, I was like, oh, finally, this is going to be over, and you realize it's not even close to over. This is going to go on forever. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, yeah. You know, so well, let me take a quick 60-second break here, Andy, and come sure. back with you. I want, I, want, I want to get to the part where the biggest way that Mueller dropped the ball on this, this is a fascinating way of looking at this, and... It really is changing something fundamental that I think is not only changing in this particular report, but is changing across our society. We get to that in 60 seconds. First, a word from LifeLock. Uh, There are so many ways cyber criminals can try to take what's yours. And when personal information is exposed, someone could use it to commit identity theft. This happens. I mean, we just saw a report uh, from, I think it was uh, Facebook and Instagram, and they just, look, they just happened to release it right after the Mueller report. I'm sure this leak was going to come out right then anyway. Just total coincidence. Mueller report comes out on Instagram and they're saying, oh, well, we, by the way, there's a big leak on, uh, on Instagram and a lot of information got hacked. 
This is happening all the time. Uh, and we know that this sort of threat is not going to stop. It continues. We could do these stories every single day. Uh, we know that we have LifeLock there to protect us, and that is uh, something that I know I take advantage of. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity thefts, like your social security number for the sale on the dark web, which is a huge issue. If there's a problem, U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it. Your data is out there. You better know about it, and you better know how people are using it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock can uncover threats that you might miss on your own. Join now, get 10% off using your uh, the code BECK, and it's going to get 10% off your first year. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use the promo code BECK for 10% off. And pause for 10 seconds and station ID. Speaking with Andy McCarthy from National Review and New York Post, he's got a great column. Mueller completely dropped the ball with the obstruction punt. And Andy, if I understand this right, and I'm sure I don't, uh, there are three <laughs> hurdles essentially you have to clear to make a uh, obstruction claim real, which is an obstructive act, uh, the nexus to an official proceeding, and the intent. You, do you have to clear all three of those hurdles for the for a claim to qualify? Yes, those are uh, what you would call in the prosecutor biz essential elements of the crime, and they're the things that have to be proved beyond a reasonable doubt to convict someone. Um, so two of them are pretty self-explanatory. Uh, obstructive act, you've got to do something that looks like obstruction, and you've got to have the intent to do it to obstruct something. Can you do a quick uh, minute on, on what, what do they mean by nexus to an official proceeding? Yeah, it's actually pretty complicated. In the law, to a... Um, an FBI investigation is not an official proceeding. A precision, official proceeding is like an adjudicative matter. The the most common one is a, a court proceeding. And that's why we always mention, we talk about, we don't just say obstruction, we say obstruction of justice, right? Mm-hmm. The reason we say that is we're talking about judicial proceedings. So the reason that when you obstruct an FBI investigation, it can be obstruction of justice is because derivatively you pervert the judicial process down the road. You know, if you if you uh, uh, pressure a witness to lie or you destroy evidence before the bureau, the FBI can uh, can can grab it. Um, it's not that you're perverting their proceeding. That's what's that's not what's cognizable under the law. It's that of the eventual judicial proceeding. Uh, can be frustrated, and that's why it's obstruction of justice. And it seems like throughout the Mueller report, they didn't get there on all three, on most of these instances. There's a couple they seem right. to leave open. Um, but this doesn't get to the, the, the real fundamental biggest problem here that you point out in the column. And it has to do with burden of proof, a real change yep. that I think is not only happening here, but happening all over the place. Can you walk us through uh, what you found? Yeah, you're right about it's happening all over the place. I mean, just listening to Jerry Nadler's, uh, the the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee yesterday, uh, this is what he homed in on, too. And and in a way that, um, you know, suggested that this was proper, which is that it was somehow it's somehow the the suspect's burden to prove that he uh, is innocent rather than the government's burden to prove that you're guilty. Mm. What Mueller did was he he marshaled what he tells us up front 
which I think was really wormy on his part, uh, is that he's not going to make what he called the traditional prosecutorial judgment, which he says, you know, so quaint. He says, that's a, you know, this binary judgment where you either charge or you don't charge. <laughs> so he's going to do something new and innovative. Um, he's going to lay out the evidence on both sides uh, and then dump the matter in the Justice Department's lap. And, you know, I, I thought that was uh, that was really a, uh, uh, a dereliction on his part because, uh, you know, he was by the time he came into the case, I think it was already pretty clear there was no collusion case. I didn't think we needed a special counsel, but you can only have a special counsel when the Justice Department is conflicted and obstruction is the only thing arguably you needed him to resolve. So what did he do? He didn't resolve the main question he was brought in to resolve, and he dumps it in the lap of the Justice Department, which is supposed to be too conflicted to decide it, which is why we have him in the first place, right? The whole thing is just um, is just wrongheaded. Uh, but what he does is he says, I'm just going to marshal the evidence on each side. And then at the very end, in, a, in a, what I think is a really, um, I, I want to say partisan, um, but it's certainly not prosecutorial use of language. He says that uh, uh, we're not I'm, we're not confident that there's no crime here. We're not going to charge a crime, but we're not confident that there's no crime and we're not going to exonerate the president. Well, you know, that's not what prosecutors do. Prosecutors either tell you there is enough evidence to charge, in which case you charge, or you, you at the most say we're not going to charge or you say nothing. But if you've if you've basically made a decision not to charge, then you have no business going on to say, but that's not an exoneration. It's for the public to decide whether it's an exoneration or not. That's not the prosecutor's business. But what by doing that, what he does is he says, um, we're not confident that there wasn't a crime here. Um, And it's his job to prove that there was a crime. It's not President Trump's, no matter what you think of President Trump, it's not his job in a legal context. Now, a political context is different, but it's not his job in a legal context to prove his innocence. And I think you're quite right to say that this is something that we see seeping into um, the society more broadly. This is not just about President Trump. This is There's kind of a conceit out there that... Um, you know, the government can now make serious allegations, whether it's in a regulatory context or whatever context they decide to make it in. And then it's somehow the burden on the citizen to prove that he's not guilty of wrongdoing. And I think that's a dangerous road to go down. Yeah. I mean, I mean, certainly you see it all the time in the in the court of public opinion, which I know is different. But it's sort of this Kavanaugh standard where it's like, well, we yep. can't prove he wasn't at this party that we can't name where it was. So therefore, you should probably assume he's guilty. And Trump here, I think, really is the victim of this at some level. I do kind of wonder, though, Andy, how does this work? Let's just say they do, he, Mueller does his job correctly. Did he do his job correctly, let's say, on, on part one, which was the actual collusion, where he pretty much exonerates him of any criminal activity there? Is that what he should have done with part two? And leave all that evidence in there, and then at the end just conclude we, could, we did not have enough to, to charge him, therefore... There, he he is clear of this particular crime, or does he just not release all of this detail for everyone to have their political fun with? Yeah, see, 
there's there's a limit, I think, to how much I'm not a a fan of the investigation. I'm not a particular fan of Mueller, although I think he's a a, a scrupulous mm-hmm. guy, notwithstanding what I've I've said up till this point. <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, I think in general he's had an admirable career. I sure. don't agree with the way he handled this, but um, we have about thirty seconds here, Andy, real quick. Yeah, it, the, the idea still is you're supposed to give a confidential report to the Justice Department, and they then they decide how much of it to release. But this certainly reads like it was meant for release, and I think it's meant as a roadmap for Congress more than for the Justice Department. Mm. Uh, Andy McCarthy, the column is in the New York Post. Mueller completely dropped the ball with the obstruction punt. Thanks so much for coming on, Andy. I, I appreciate it. Uh, you can always, Thanks, Stu. Yeah, you can always count on Andy because I, there's so many people now that are just like, okay, well, this is my side of the aisle, and I'm just going to say exactly what they want to say or, or the opposite. You can always trust Andy McCarthy to come out and say, hey, this is the actual truth here. And uh, that's why I love having him on on this sort of stuff. He, and he's investigated some of the biggest crimes and, and one of the biggest prosecutors in America for many, many years. Andy McCarthy, back with more in just a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Ah, I'm doing the Glenn Beck program today because Glenn says he's sick, whether he actually is or not. I think he may have been mentioned in the Mueller report and is in a lot of trouble. We don't know the truth on that one. We may never know. But I can tell you it's comfortable to do the show today because I'm sitting in my X chair. X chair is, it's not the old school office chairs where you sit down and they're uncomfortable and the wheels barely work and all of that. The X chair is the top of the line. Uh, For those of us who spend a lot of time at uh, an office chair, if you're working at home, if you have an office, you know, you're spending maybe as much time there as you're staying, sleeping in your bed, certainly more than you're spending in your car. Your X chair, if you have one, you're going to know the difference because it's going to make you very, very comfortable. This is one of the things going to support your back in all the right ways there's a million adjustments they've got this x chair basic right now uh, which they're having a big deal on you can check that out it's a hundred dollars off as low as 28 bucks a month it's less than a dollar a day to make yourself actually really comfortable and get the top of the line chair with all these adjustments i mean this is this is fantastic they've got zero percent financing deals as well and they've got a free footrest right now as well Check this out. Uh, X Chair is on sale for $100 off. Go to xchairbeck.com, the letter xchairbeck.com, or call 844-X-CHAIR. It's 844-X-CHAIR. All right, we've got more coming up here on the other side uh, of the break. We have still more on Mueller to go and uh, a a crazy story you're not going to believe. It's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He's uh, out sick, should be back on Monday, unless, you know, the Mueller report gets him. Uh, We don't know on that one. Uh, USA Today has an interesting story, and I swear this is the this is the thing that we keep forgetting about the Mueller report. And I am going to be really super happy if we can get to a point in which we're not talking about the Mueller report, although I believe it's going to dominate our lives for, for many, many years to come, unfortunately. But there's this story about, if you, the, kind of this narrative in the media about the Mueller report, which is, this is a thing about Donald Trump and what he did right or wrong. Right. Like, did Donald Trump commit crimes? Did Donald Trump lie? Did Donald Trump obstruct justice? Did Donald Trump, did Donald Trump, did Donald Trump? And it fits exactly with what the media does with every other story. When McDonald's releases a new McGriddle flavor, they somehow turn that into a Donald Trump story. That's just what they do. It's constant. And I swear that it's not the obsession with Trump that is uh, is the focus of of the problems, you know, of the conservative critique of the media that often. 
It's more of the bias. And the bias is absolutely there. There's incredible bias against Trump and Republicans in general, and we all know that. But the difference, I think, with Trump is not necessarily the bias. It's the obsession. They cannot stop talking about him. Every single story has to come back to Donald Trump every single time. And sometimes, you know, things just occur in the world that, you know, don't have to lead to Donald Trump's impeachment. I know this sounds shocking to many in the media, but not every story is about that. And the Mueller investigation, while, yes, there are obviously parts of this that relate to Donald Trump, and we've got thousands and thousands of words on 448 pages, largely talking about Donald Trump and what Donald Trump did and what his people in his campaign did and what Donald Trump said to them about it. And I know that's going to be the focus of the media. However, the title of the report says where the focus should be. Report on the investigation into Russian interference into the 2016 presidential election. A small slice of that, which he was cleared of, was the investigation into Donald Trump and whether people in his campaign dealt with, uh, you know, knowingly colluded or coordinated with Russian officials to affect the election. And as you know, Mueller report came out on that part and was like, no, didn't really happen. You know, there's certain things here that are that are questionable. There's certain things that we don't love. But in generally speaking, there's not even close to an amount of evidence to bring a criminal charge on this. There's just nothing there. Part one, the reason you're not hearing about part one, the reason you're not hearing about collusion anymore is because part one came up to be basically good for Trump. He didn't he didn't do anything wrong. And the entire time, seemingly, of course, he knew he didn't do things wrong on this, which is probably why he was frustrated and got into some problems with obstruction of justice. That doesn't clear him from any of those things. But you've looked at the report and you've heard these things enough. More importantly is this report they released months ago about indicting 25 Russians where they actually looked at the ways Russians were trying to influence the election. There's a story in USA Today that kind of highlights this and tries to remind the media and the American people that, yeah, Russia is actually the focus of this. Let's just say Trump's people did work with the Russians to affect the elections. Certainly, Trump would be a focus of that. But you know what else would be a focus is the fact that the, the Russians were trying to do it, right? Like, that's a big deal. In this case, the Russians did many times try to work with uh, the Trump administration and largely came up empty. I mean, nothing, they didn't come up with anything. There was a, a defense against political and press sort of arguments that Trump got into some trouble with, but the collusion thing, it just didn't happen. A lot of people are talking now about Trump and they're, not, they're just ignoring the Russia part of this. Uh, this uh, Eric O'Neill writes, letting partisanship get in the way of acknowledging the fact that Russia is actually you know, a big force in this whole situation is dangerous. Russia sought to undermine our election system the same way they've spread disinformation since the Cold War. They didn't need help from Trump and his campaign to do so in 2016, and they won't need it in 2020 either. The 2016 attacks on the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton campaign were a modern take on an old Soviet tactic to influence and undermine elections and the political process of rival nations. Some of these stories are just unbelievable. During the Cold War, the Soviet Union pioneered disinformation practices that spread these, this disinformation in order to take shape uh, and to shape American political decisions. These active, measure, uh, these active measures included manipulation of the media, 
the use of front organizations to sway public opinion, kidnappings, which is really I kind of escalated that one, and of funds and training and such, plus support to terrorist organizations. In 1980, the CIA estimated that the Soviets spent a conservative $3 billion a year pursuing these active measures. That's a lot of money. Uh, in 1980 to today, there's been a lot of uh, inflation that's gone on as well. And this is probably at least part of the reason why the Soviet kind of went out of business. I mean, you're spending $3 billion a year to affect other people's elections. But it's no longer that expensive. It's a lot cheaper to do now. Listen to some of the things they've tried in the past, though. These are insane. One involved spreading rumors of CIA and FBI involvement in President John F. Kennedy's assassination. Now, maybe you've heard of that one. But it's interesting that a lot of the things about the JFK assassination a lot of the conspiracy theories were actually started by russian propaganda initially and they were able to spread that around the country and it took years and years and years before we actually realized that's where it came from but that's where it came from and this comes from uh you know some newly unearthed uh in the last 10 years unearthed documents from the former soviet union another uh seeded foreign newspapers with articles purportedly written by american scientists claiming that AIDS was a result of the Pentagon's experiments to develop biological weapons. So the Soviets are writing op-eds as American doctors and saying, you know, AIDS, and this is also the other part of this is uh, AIDS was created by the government to kill black people. This is a big, this is like something that like Kanye West believed. And, uh, you know, back in the day when he didn't like Bush, I guess now he likes Trump. I don't know what he believes now. But this has been a, a long-term sort of uh, left-wing conspiracy theory, and it, you saw it uh, show itself a lot during you know, the Jeremiah Wright uh, era. Jeremiah Wright preached about this, claimed that the government created AIDS to kill black people. Well, the, the Soviets planted this, this rumor, this idea initially, and the idea was that it was part of a biological weapon program, not just uh, from the Soviets to kill black people, but to kill anybody else. It was part of their, our defense department, and that AIDS was a disease we created. Of course, obviously not true, but this came from Russian Soviet propaganda. Or how about this one? In 1984, if you remember 1980, uh, the administration uh carter boycotts the 1980 moscow olympics so 1984 obviously the soviets boycott the los angeles olympics but they were not they were not okay with just boycotting instead during the 1984 summer olympics in los angeles kgb spies in washington dc sent fake letters from the ku klux klan (laughs) threatening athletes from african countries I mean, this is bizarre. And they were going to these lengths decades ago. What are they doing now with social networks and all of the rest? In October 2018, the Justice Department indicted seven Russian intelligence officers for launching cyber attacks against international anti-doping agencies and individual athletes. Uh, They compromised the medical information of 250 athletes from 30 countries, including gymnast uh, simone uh, i don't know simone biles right uh i don't know i'm not a gym i'm not a gymnastics fan but i do know serena and venus williams and they were compromised as well and they've been doing these things when they want to get their way they utilize tactics like this to manipulate the public to manipulate public perception and to try to move american public opinion so these risks are real 
you know, posting a couple of memes on the internet is, you know, that stuff, a lot of that has been really overblown. The impact on that, it's minimal. But they did a lot of other things as well. These hacks were a legitimate problem. And it didn't have anything to do with Donald Trump. I mean, I, you know, that, that, that is a, it's a sideshow. The, de- the media wants to make this completely about Donald Trump because that is their obsession. It's all they care about. But I don't know about you. I care about the country and I care about a foreign power trying to influence our elections. Russia is a legit danger. You know, Vlad, I know he seems like a nice guy when he's riding the horse without a shirt on. I mean, he seems like a hunk and the type of guy you just love to find on Tinder. But I got to say it, he's not a good guy. And the idea that we can have a report like this that really does detail what they tried to do, not the Mueller report released yesterday, but the one from several months ago, goes into incredible detail, including uh, IP addresses and Bitcoin transactions and all these really intricate details to show what Russia was doing. That's the value here. So we did get some value out of the, of the Mueller report. It was the Democrats, the media, some uh, even on the right that tried to make this into some partisan circus rather than focusing on the real issue here. Which, again, it's a report on the investigation into Russian interference into the election. It's not a report on, you know, how, how much can we ding Donald Trump's approval rating. And unfortunately, that's been lost. Hopefully, our intelligence uh, sources and our intelligence apparatus are focusing on the right things here and not the circus. Because I, I, can't, take, I can't take another day of the circus. The circus is, you know... I mean, I just, will it ever end? And you know what? Democrats are going to take this report. They're going to pick it apart. They're going to take every little strand and thread that they can come to, and they're going to investigate it. And you're never going to hear the end of it. So prepare yourself. In the middle of that, you're going to have to stay awake. And I will tell you one way to stay awake is with Dawn to Dusk from Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition is a great company. They they do Field of Greens. If you heard us talking about that as well, it's a way to get all the vitamins and nutrients that you need every day without having to eat salads. You know, I do. I, I like to give, do it with my kids. You know, they like oatmeal or yogurt. Just mix a little bit in there, and then I don't have to be a good father later on. I don't have to put the broccoli on their plate and fight with them to eat it. It's They've already had their vegetables for the day. I love that. Dawn to Dusk is another thing, because when you have a 448-page Mueller report that you have to read in a day... You just want to fall asleep. Dawn to Dusk helps you get through that. If you work a long day and you know in the afternoon you hit that wall where you just don't want to do it anymore, you just want to close your eyes and fall asleep, well, this is a, a an energy supplement that lasts up to 10 hours. It increases energy, improves your mood, it gives you focus, and it does not give you jitters. And unlike coffee and energy drinks, which you know I've, I've been big on the energy drinks from time to time, you don't have, to have, you don't have that crash afterwards. Uh, it's all natural, and it is not, uh, it's not bad for you. It's good for you. Why not get a little bit of extra focus? Go to BrickHouseGlenn.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code G-L-E-N-N. That spells Glenn or 833-RING-B-H-N. BrickHouse Nutrition makes it. It's called Dawn to Dusk, 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Go to BrickHouseGlenn.com or 833-RING-B-H-N. But once again, we should underline uh, the Mueller report, two years and countless hours, has concluded that there was no criminal conspiracy between members of the Trump team right. and, the Russian, and the Russian government, which ultimately does clear them on the most important part of this. Uh, and it's good news. It's great news for the country that are, the president of the United States and the people around him were not actually colluding 
uh, with uh, an adversary. But mm-hmm. for anyone to read these two volumes and say this is a clean bill of health yeah. is... Or that, it, that, this exo- that the president is completely exonerated uh, and that, you know, exonerated on obstruction of justice, no obstruction. That's not uh, true. That you can't say. It's uh, Jake Tapper and Anderson Cooper. I mean, I give him a lot of credit because I'm the only people I actually saw in the media noting that the most important part of this, he was, you know, exonerated on largely. And, uh, you know, this is good news for the country. We should all be actually happy. You see the depression of the blue check marks on Twitter as the Mueller report didn't give them what they wanted. What they want should be that the president did not collude with a, an adversary. And that part we actually got. To, to to look at what they said at the end there, it goes back to what Andy McCarthy said. If you didn't hear that interview, it happened earlier this hour. The Mueller report does not completely exonerate Trump of uh, obstruction of justice. However, that is not a legal standard. Our system of government and our system of justice is supposed to require guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, not can you be completely exonerated of everything. That is not the way we're doing this. And, you know, this is the Kavanaugh standard in action. Brett Kavanaugh, we can't completely exonerate him from being at a party when he was 17 years old in a location that no one can remember in a year that no one can remember. We can't completely say none of us were there. We can't completely say with 100% certitude he didn't do these things. Therefore, he shouldn't go on the Supreme Court. This new standard of behavior is not okay. And Mueller here, I mean, because a lot of people would say when we were bringing those points up about Kavanaugh, they would say, well, I mean, look, uh, that's the legal. That's not a legal standard. This is a court of public opinion, and they, and they have a different standard. Well, okay, maybe. But here, this is a legal standard. And the idea that we're talking about someone not being completely exonerated, we're doing it wrong, guys. This is backwards. Here's uh, Mary Catherine Ham. She's on CNN, and man, if this if this is, this point is not 100 percent accurate, I don't know what is. They found no con- evidence or insufficient evidence of conspiracy. Right. Look, I I hope nobody missed leg day because carrying these goalposts are going to be very heavy. <laughs> you want to do it for the next 18 months um, because the idea of coalescing that the idea of collusion, which everyone we all know used for two years as a shorthand for a conspiracy in a large criminal sense, um, the idea that we did not use that for that um, and that that conclusion does not matter and that therefore it's like somehow improper to point out that there was no collusion as we meant it for the last two years, uh, I think is an operation in gaslighting. Um, There was no collusion. It is good news. It's great news he wasn't a foreign asset. That's a big deal. And you got to make sure you don't miss the leg day because carrying the goalposts will be a problem for the media coming up. I I think we've learned a lot this week. We've learned a lot about uh, what's important and what isn't. And so hopefully this weekend, Easter weekend, you you can embrace your faith if you have it. Embrace your kids if you have them. If not, I mean, Taco Bell's always open. So there's always something good about the weekend. Enjoy it. Glenn will be back on Monday. It's Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Happy Easter. You're listening to Glenn Beck.